Hello and welcome to this week's Gaming the Podcast. I am John Robertson, joined by Stace Harmon, and this week we are talking about Back for Blood, which has just uh, come out today, although it has been on early access for uh, four days, which is what we've been playing. Um, I'm sure you know what it is, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this episode, I would hazard a guess. Um... But in a nutshell, it's a spiritual successor to Left 4 Dead, which is um, a game about four co-op buddies going around and shooting zombies, <laughs> trying to survive and get to the exit, basically. Um, it's been a while since Left 4 Dead 2 came out, um, and obviously a bit longer since Left 4 Dead 1 came out. Do you, Stace, do you, um, what are your memories of Left 4 Dead? Did you play much of it have you carried on playing it like i i did play a lot i did play a lot of left for dead and left for dead 2 um very fond memories of both of those uh played those on pc very close if not i think like day and date perhaps to when they came out and that went on for a few years it was a game and still is a game i know for a lot of people it was a game it was a game and it still is, it is a, game. a game. Um uh, that people played for years and it still is a game that people play for years and uh, and continue to play. But yeah, I, I mean I stopped playing it probably I don't know, six, seven years ago was probably the last time that I played Left for Dead. So um yeah, my yeah, my memories of it are very fond and I thought it was amazing and is amazing as a game. Uh, but yeah, the mind kind of, I don't have any, like, I can't, I couldn't identify specific, like the flow of, oh yeah, that you go from this level to this level to this level. I don't remember that stuff. I just remember stuff that happens, you know, set pieces and things. Um, yeah, but, but yeah, I played it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I played them both when they first came out. Um, and I played Left 4 Dead 2 recently, like earlier this year. And, and I thought like you that i had forgotten everything and i kind of had consciously i had forgotten it i wouldn't be able to like draw the or write out the sort of level map and describe you go from here to here to here to here in a different scenes but when i played left for dead 2 earlier this year i it was amazing how much you could remember it wasn't like a oh memory thing yeah, yeah and it wasn't like oh I, and now i know that this thing's coming although there were a couple of moments like that it was more like oh yeah i remember that that being now goes yeah. into that bit yeah. Uh, so once it's in front of your face, it was like quite obvious, or not not obvious, but you know, memorable, I suppose, more yeah. accurately. Yeah. That, um, the how how different things um, flowed into each other. Yeah. Um, well, and so this, but it puts so this puts. So we both played Left 4 Dead and Left 4 Dead Two. We both played it extensively. You've played it more recently than I have. I know that there is a big contingent of people that still continue to play Left 4 Dead. Um, which Can I puts... just ask one thing? Actually. Yeah. How did you play it, Left 4 Dead, Left 4 Dead 2? Did you play it solo? <laughs> did you play hands. it with friends? Did you play it with randoms online? How did I play it? I played it with two other people for the most part, but I think towards the end, it was a game that I continued to go back to and play solo um, with bots. So... I don't know, it was probably overall, it was probably 50-50, or maybe I played a little bit more solo than I did, like, multiplayer. But it was, yeah, for the most part, it was like a three-person team. Very rarely four people. Very rare. If it was a fourth person, then it was a random person we tended to have. Um, but yeah. And it, always, the same, always the same squad. So you, like, got uh, into a yeah. flow of sort of understanding each other's, like, approach and yes. what you... Yeah. And that was, yeah. And we've got that kind of that satisfaction of, of seeing that evolve or retrospectively realizing that it had evolved. Um, but yeah, my last probably couple of uh, even the last year or so that I played it, it was just the kind of a game that I put on and just had a, 
you know, a half hour kind of run through um, mm. solo is sort of the, the back end of my Left 4 Dead career. Uh, but yeah, it was, it's a game that I, so I, it's a game that I remember both kind of fondly for both its multiplayer and its, and its solo play. Um, yeah, cause I remember, and like, it's been the same with Bat for Blood as well. Like playing solo was never something that really, like, I don't, I don't know if I, obviously I love the games and I love, well, spoiler, like I, I like Bat for Blood a lot. Um, but I don't know if I like it enough to play without real people even if they're randoms mm. just because i know i don't know it's almost like a sense of losing something more mm. than uh like rather than the game mechanics being just enough in and of themselves to so, like that sense of loss even though the game mechanics are, are good would still be ha- hanging over me all the time like playing yeah. solo yeah and and this i mean back for blood perhaps complicates that further because of the way its progression system works um and if you choose to play solo uh well i suppose in as much as the progression system currently doesn't work by design but that's yeah i mean we'll get we'll get to that as well but so that's the fact that a lot of people still play left for dead we have very fond memories left for dead i mean i i believe that everybody that has memories of left for dead they are fond memories um but i don't know you know, it's not a very common thing, I don't think, for people to say, yeah, I played Left 4 Dead, I thought it was rubbish, or I really didn't enjoy it. Um, or I thought it was badly yeah. designed. Or I still you could, play. You could not enjoy it, but, yeah. you know. I still play Left 4 Dead, and I think it's rubbish. Yeah, that really? would be even odder. So, and I feel that that puts Back for Blood, and by extension Turtle Rock, who uh, made Back for Blood, they also made Evolve, um, and they also made a lot of the team from... Uh, that worked on Back for Blood and that now work at Turtle Rock Studios were the people that originally made Left for Dead. And so this is, there's a very direct uh, kind of comparison and relevance here because it's more than just, oh, these group of random people have made a game that is in the Left for Dead template and has, you know, is a spiritual successor. Part of it being a spiritual successor is because, or I believe at least, is because a lot of the people that worked on it on Left 4 Dead, I've also worked on Back for Blood. So there's a definite through line of kind of DNA. Um, Evolve was kind of the odd one out there. It was, you know, not anywhere near as many people played Evolve and it kind of quite, it was quite a high profile, um, well, disaster is perhaps too strong a word, but it's it certainly didn't go well. Yeah. Like the framework around it, the publishing side of it, there was a lot of, you know, issues with DLC and, and microtransactions. Um, yeah, so Evolve is the odd odd sheep I, out of I, that family. I quite liked Evolve. Um, I liked I the thought, idea of it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I respected it. it. Um, mm. It was an interesting, it's an interesting sort of spin on the Left 4 Dead idea in that there's four mm-hmm. people against an overwhelming force. It's just that this overwhelming force was another real person playing a monster. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It It got, it quite quickly got pretty derivative evolve you were just Mm -hmm. as as when you were tracking you were just tracking in the same way all the time and when you're a certain monster you learned tricks that could just overcome the trackers as soon as they made any kind of mistake like that's it now i've got you Um, yeah i think it's a template that could i know it exists elsewhere and i know that you've john you've played a lot of like friday the 13th which is a similar idea it's not the same thing of course but it's like you're not really fighting the monsters in that are you you're kind of basically just trying to escape them and avoid them but um i certainly don't think evolve was like proof that 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 concept can't work at all i think it just it needed more more time more support more 
perhaps more kind of considered design up front but it's the kind of thing that i think could be used as a stepping stone to go on to something else i think 4v1 in that in that format could absolutely work well it would um to work in another way yeah well dead by daylight is that and it's supremely popular way more popular than friday 13th ever was Mm. but it's um it's not as good (laughs) it's not as good as friday 13th or as or as evolve really it's too like you literally just do the same thing every single time in dead by daylight um Anyway, right. anyway, well, let's, let's bring that's my bring personal to... bias that Friday the 13th is way better than Dead by Daylight. So now why is yeah, Dead by Daylight well, the popular yeah. one? <laughs> yes, yeah, so chip um. on your shoulder. <laughs> Jealous of the success. Um, so, yeah, so Turtle Rock Studios, they made Evolve, they made Back for Blood. A lot of the team made the original Left for Dead. And I feel that the fact that Left for Dead and its sequel are still being played to this day by people a decade after they came out uh puts back for blood in quite a peculiar position and quite an unusual position i think um because the thing that it's being compared to by almost i mean anybody any review anybody that played left for dead it, it, the comparison is there to be made the thing that it's being compared to is still around it's not like oh i remember this game from 10 years ago that i loved and you have these kind of fuzzy memories of it people you know were playing left for dead this morning and are now playing back for blood you know like it's that kind of yeah it's that recent for people and that's an odd situation for back for blood to be in i think because i don't know that there's a lot of things where it's the x is a spirit spiritual successor to y but ox is still you know still very popular and is still around and being being engaged with yeah. um on a frequent basis so yeah back for blood i don't know that that's to its benefit really but I guess it does allow you to look at uh, the the very distinct differences as well for things like the progression system. And and it's interesting to see that kind of point in time design of 10 years ago for Left 4 Dead and then far more recently for Back for Blood and how things like progression systems and XP and, um, you know, this kind of notion of persistent progress has has become far more popular. Um particularly in shooters for sure yeah i i think what the what the reality the reality that the that left 4 dead is still being played is going to cause and likely has caused already just by seeing some of the response online is possible well i don't know how how much it will go into the future when people play back for blood more but there seems to be quite a polarization mm. between of response um and, the, and some of the people that are being negative about it are ones that still play Left 4 Dead. But within their own community, they're determining it as, is this game, is Back for Blood worth me giving up Left 4 Dead for? Which mm-hmm. is not what the vast majority of people are no. going to be determining it as. So that opinion within their community is perfectly valid. It's just within a wider sense of, gaming as mainstream entertainment that's a niche perspective it's just one that's being shouted very loudly by Mm. a very dedicated left for dead community and i I think i hope that it is able to emerge from that shadow and just stand alone as its own thing and be allowed to stand alone because i don't you know philosophically i don't like the notion of should X exist if it isn't just out and out better than Y? I do understand that from that exact point of view that you're talking about, that it's, well, 
if I, you know, if we put it into a maths equation and I've got this much time and I've got these two options and A is better than B, then I'm going to play A rather than B. And that's, that's fine. That, like, I understand that completely. Um, but I would also like, I think, Back for Blood to be considered in its own right. And I mean, I'm, I've been really enjoying it as well. You mentioned, uh, spoiler wise, that you, you've, in, you've been enjoying it. And so have I. And it's a game that, has got a lot to give i think um there's definitely some stuff that needs to be ironed out and but that's you know the one of the wonderful uh wonderful kind of signs of progress is that we can have live patching and we can have all of those good things that never cause any problems ever uh, as the game moves forward so we can have balance tweaks and all of that um and unlike some games that need that just to be a functioning game back for blood is a fully featured functioning game that works on day one like i think that you shouldn't that shouldn't be news you shouldn't have to say that but there have been some games street fighter i think is one recent recent ish example where something was launched and it's like now we need to patch in all of the stuff to actually make it a game and yeah well have uh, you ever heard of a game called cyberpunk <laughs> no I tell think, me more i think that game might have had a couple of patch problems that it needed to i'm not even patch oh, problems right, there's entire chunks missing just but, a small, um, a small <laughs> indie developer that was from i don't know um, who made it but yeah some some developer. yeah so yeah so it, back for blood is fully featured uh but it will benefit from what will hopefully be um to my mind at least hopefully be you know millions of people playing it and and turtle rock getting all of that data and being able to make those decisions based on this huge playtest um that is yeah. going on live I, I effectively mean, yeah on the patching and um balancing which is one of the things that people have potentially well haven't potentially have said that is potentially not up to scratch i mean i think mm. like, i just don't get that at all because i think the balancing is like one of the best things about the game like and and the the AI director system that they've got, um, which Left 4 Dead also had, that basically reacts to how well you're doing and throws mm. throws different things at you, how well how well how badly you're doing. The kind and, of thing that if you're standing around for too long discussing things, it will just chuck a horde at you to make you to move things along. Right? Yeah, That's yeah, sort of and, or, or summing or, up. Of yeah, the or, AI or yeah, or even just like two or three zombies behind you, just to yeah, just so sort of like yeah. if you're behind your team or whatever just to hurry you on a bit or also like if you're just trying to stand at the back and sniping all the time well there's always going to be the constant niggle and nagging that like you can't just you're not safe here just because you've got a sniper rifle and you're a long way from from the mess in front of you um but particularly playing on veteran um it was like one of the, the uh, when i played on veteran it was like one of the most balanced experiences i've had for a long time in a game as complicated to balance like yeah. this one where you've yeah. got four different people four different real people doing their own things doing random stuff that the game that the developers wouldn't necessarily have predicted would happen in that mm -hmm. combination and they've all got the different cards they've got the different weapons they've got different amounts of health they different levels of experience and like skill at the game um and on veteran, like it, it always felt like we were on the verge of death. Like we were all, we were mm. always about to die. We we're always at like fifty percent trauma, which the system in the game where you lose your health permanently, well, semi permanently. You have to get special. You have to uh, interact with special things to get it back. Um, 
and we were always on the edge like we never felt safe we always we were always down to our last bandages we were swapping bandages between each other we were making sure that the person who playing the healer was always the one healing every single time mm-hmm. because we had so mm-hmm. little um healing items that we needed to make them most efficient most make most efficient use of that, them and we were constantly yeah. on the edge so all that, the that, time yeah that's a really key thing so that's one of the things yeah the balancing i think is a very difficult thing to do when like as you say so there's four people playing hopefully hopefully you've got a group of four people playing but the game doesn't know straight out the gate who those four people are it doesn't know if those four people are brand new it doesn't know if one of them is acting as kind of a guide to the other three and just giving you a heads up and getting you up to speed so the algorithm that is running all of that or multiple algorithms has to be incredibly um adaptable and has to, and it, it's not going to always work but you know it, i think so far yeah. it looks like it works for the most part and that thing you just mentioned about the healer i think is one of my favorite bits that you can pick a role and that is what you get good at that is what you dedicate yourself to and as somebody as you well know who is not particularly amazing at certainly not competitive shooters that's for sure um but just honestly shooters with a pad is challenging for me if it's not with a mouse and keyboard i don't have a great deal of confidence in what is going on i I get the job done but i don't feel like i am mastering a thing i feel like i'm sort of grappling against it slightly maybe that's you know i need to work on my control setup or something i don't know yeah and and i suppose it should actually mention that we've been playing it on ps5 although i will also be playing it on pc because it's out on game pass which i play on pc so Mm -hmm. I will be playing on mouse and keyboards when I'm playing with people who use Xboxes. Um, so the so so yeah, the balancing is is a is a key thing. But the that notion of the progression system of building a deck of cards that are basically like buffs and perks and abilities, either for yourself or for your team, and you play those cards um, in between each when you get to the safe houses in between each like mini chapter um, within an act. And that moment to moment decision making and that idea that if I am being the healer, which is what I've kind of designated myself as, because that's how I can be like my usefulness in a four person shooter uh, is probably to make sure that the other three people (laughs) who are probably better shooters than I am are staying on their feet. Yeah, The way that you can provide maximum utility is to... um, It's just to run around and be mum. I mean, literally, or mom, you know, is is to uh, run around and and do that. But in order to do that, particularly in Back for Blood, I'm investing in a deck that makes me better at doing that. So as you said about the efficiency side, I'm I'm bringing cards that make team healing more efficient. I'm bringing cards that make me a more efficient healer. Or if I heal myself or somebody else, they get like a buff to their healing. So yes, then they're... And as time goes on, I think we'll see more of this. There needs to be that recognition and there will hopefully become that recognition of that person has chosen to be this character. Therefore, they're playing that role. So me picking up, if I'm not that character, me, you know, trying to pick up all of the bandages, all of the first aid kits to heal myself is not going to be better for me in the long run. And it's certainly not going to be better for the team. And that's that I really like that level of investment of being able to like be a thing and say, I'm not just an avatar and, you know, I've got a health kit, so I'll heal you. It's like, just make sure that that's, that I'm stocked up with health kits and I'll make sure that you stay on your feet. You know, it's, it's that, that two way exchange and it's an in the moment thing and it, as well as a longer term planning thing. And that's like, I like that, you know, it feels like, 
I don't know, crunchy. Like it feels like something to get like your teeth into. I like the sort of the the way that's set up. Yeah, yeah, that's one of my favourite things as well. So I play a very different role to that. I prefer to play a very different role than that. So I pick Holly, who's like stamina based character. And most of my cards are around stamina. Although even within stamina, you can have very different deck builds. Like, are you mm. stamina where it's just pure stamina? Like you've got a lot of stamina. You can sprint a long way and you use less stamina for each second of sprinting. Or is it more stamina about like wielding melee weapons without getting tired or swapping between weapons a lot yeah. or having yeah. uh, reloading faster and that sort of stuff. So even within that, you can still tweak what kind of stamina player you want to be. But I like to um you know scout i guess like the forward scout so i have loads of stamina have a shotgun baseball bat or machete or whatever whatever melee weapon i can find that's best at the time and then take point scout a scout a bit see what's happening uh i always have the toolkit on me so that if i come across like a forward like sort of safe area and they've got like a secret like a locked door right where mm-hmm. it's like you need to unlock it with the with the toolkit there's some special stuff in there, there's healing stations and whatever and i can just like point out these things um before coming back and or well not before coming back but then and then if you're playing on hard difficulty certainly then we can plan okay what we doing but you still have to play carefully like being stamp being yeah. stamina based isn't just run around do loads of like you still don't want to trigger the horde before everyone's ready yeah um and yeah the shotgun well i love using the shotgun for that because the shotguns in the shotguns in back for blood are like really really heavy feeling like when mm. you shoot them and you see a zombie get obliterated by it it's like yes like that felt like yeah. a really shot yeah. a shotgun it's a very there. instant yeah um so i'm more the short controlled bursts of an assault rifle you know i'm that like i'm that guy that like just fire off three shots three shots yes yeah. it, it gives me a good margin for error of i miss those three shots whereas a shotgun doesn't give me much margin for error i, I shoot and then i <laughs> shoot and miss and run away shoot and, and miss and then I'm turn dead, your back so. on them and get, get <laughs> torn do. up i shot i mean that should be enough yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah the deck building and um yeah the progression there are some like the, the, the cosmetic unlocks there's a baseball bat skin the yellow one i think it's the only baseball bat skin i think there's there's only like one or two skins for most weapons which is really really disappointing to be honest like the, the cosmetic stuff it yeah, it's just really compared three, to compared to the, other some of the guns. There's three. I'm yeah, there like, might I've be. had like one of three or zero. Okay. Or three or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So for some, there's but like you know, with games like this where like they're supposed to be super replayable, you're earning supply points, you're doing it uh, in co-op. Like you know, other similar games, that uh, they'll have like fifty skins, like from like day one. Well, I one. dare say, yeah, I dare say this will ramp up from this initial offering i mean maybe there is a maybe there is a desire to not saturate it because at the moment at the moment at least you you get some of those cosmetic skins through unlocking the supply chain pathways right so you you go out into the world you earn some supply points you come back you spend them on these different like effectively what are they they're like skill trees aren't they kind of they're like you're unlocking um different cards and they are linear pathways. You can choose, you can swap between different ones or do multiples at the same time. But once you've started down that path to get to the other end of that path, you have to go through, you know, to get to from A to Z, you have to go through all the other letters of the alphabet. And so, and sometimes some of those are those customizable unlock things. And I have had a thing where it's like, 
I've I've got just enough supply points. And what I really want is that next card for that that super team healing buff. But I have to go through this cosmetic one first. And it's like, oh, that's like, I don't want to spend my thing on that. I want to, you know, so maybe if they separate the customization options, perhaps there'll be more a bit more options to spend. Maybe even real money, I dare say. Yeah, the skins on... are also locked, uh, sorry, unlocked by performing tasks, though, because, oh, like accomplishments, because I think I got the baseball bat one. This might be wrong, but I think I got 500 melee kills with Holly, and I right. think that's what and I that's unlocked. That came from. I, okay. think, yeah. I think that's yeah. how that one got unlocked. So, yeah, there's two ways of, um, some of them are assigned to accomplishments, some of them are, yeah, you have to go through the cards. Mm. Um. But I mean, other so you than... want, but you, yeah, something you want to like dig into that experience. Then you want to be able to have lots of stuff to like fully make your character. Well, it's not your unless own. less the character and more the weapons because that's the bit well, I yeah, see. That's all you see. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Although, although yeah. it would be nice, like in the start screen, and well, when other people see your character all the time, to like, yeah, I don't know, deck your character out a bit more than you're mm-hmm. able to now in. You know, like like genuinely, like a huge right? because the characters, even though they're not they're not like outright cartoony, they are kind of cartoony and they're super mm. stereotypy. So there's loads of space within those stereotypes and within those well, not stereotypes, like archetypes to yeah. have yeah. like loads of crazy crazy stuff. You know, like Holly, she's wears like a like baseball cap and a school bag like there's loads of stuff you could do loads of stuff you could do with that um basic mm-hmm. sort of um character model and i also have just like loads of heads like like 50 heads for her or 20 heads for her like why why not like yeah. Fortnite does yeah. that apex does that um yeah. so yeah. yeah well yeah so that's yeah if there's a i think so yeah balance of there being a different way to unlock it and yes if it is that the more you play with a certain character the deeper down that track you get then that makes perfect sense clearly you enjoy playing as that character so a a satisfactory reward and a worthwhile reward that you might be chasing is more options for personalizing that character or the weapons that they're carrying or yeah. whatever um or yeah i guess that like their their bark the what they say when they you know when they heal people or whatever their barks and their um yeah, different voices, yeah. different, and, as you say, heads, all the rest of it. Yeah, and while I think it probably is wise to have a main, and like if you're playing with the same people all the time, you should probably just main a character all the time um, and really get that synergy up in your group. I do think, though, I do, I, I won't just play as Holly forever. Like, I do no, want to branch sure. out yeah. and do other skill tree, like, you know, more like luck-based ones, because one of the cards mm-hmm. types you can get are like, there's a percentage chance of this happening if you do this, or a percentage yeah. chance is happening when you when someone else does this thing or whatever um and i think the game's deep enough that having an understanding of how other characters and how other decks can influence proceedings having first-hand knowledge of that will help you play as holly or as whoever else so it will pay to know what other people in your team are going through in that exact moment and to have a direct level of experience to apply and uh, draw from in order to understand that rather than just relying on them telling you what's happening because that's going to slow everything mm-hmm. down and certainly on the mm-hmm. harder difficulties you want to just be like you know make a decision and go you don't want to be standing yeah. there for two minutes waiting <laughs> having a chat um yeah so 
Yeah, and and so it should also be mentioned that the 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 cards that you uh, unlock and that you then put into a deck of fifteen cards, I believe it is. Um, those are kind of you use those throughout the run, and you use those often to either boost certain skills or sometimes very directly in response to the corruption cards that the AI director is playing, which are basically the variables. They're the things that if you do map X on a Tuesday, it might be all dark and stormy. And if you might, you know, you do it the next, next time you play it, it might be that it's brilliant sunshine or it takes place at night and day, or there might be fog or every five minutes, a horde, no matter what you're doing just comes yeah. down on you even if there's another horde on you already yeah i wonder if that's what like people are complaining about with the balancing that they think it's unfair but but then surely that's on you just to pl- you pre-plan the, that and time it you get the timer right i mean it tells you on the screen in that particular instance it tells you that yeah in five minutes which again is just another there's like a, all these points of engagement of right okay yesterday when we played this map we didn't have to think about this but today in five minutes, a horde is coming. So we need to be in a certain position or we need to think about that. We just need to be able to defend where we are. I also don't know yet if things like, and I know this happened uh, recently when we were playing, that we had that one. Every five minutes, a horde is is triggered. I don't yet know how that reacts with things like startling birds or opening alarmed doors or setting off car alarms that also brings out a horde. Like, I don't know if where the strategy is of like, oh, perhaps if, because also there's those things you have to break, like nests, essentially, you have to destroy. And when you do that, it triggers a horde. I don't know if there's like a masking thing that, oh, we've already got like the five minute horde coming in. So let's do this during that, because then there won't be another one. Or I don't know, it does it double up. I think it just cascades and just keeps doubling up. Yeah, Yeah. I think from the anecdotal experience I've got, that, that, that seems to be what's happening. But yeah, you said about the nest, and I think that's another interesting thing as well, because even just within, say, Act 1, within Act 1, even though it's a game about running from A to B, essentially A to B, and don't die on the way, um, <laughs> still within Video that, games. there's loads of stuff to do. Like, it's like, you know, rescue these peop- rescue these NPCs, barricade this, survive this for five minutes, uh, turn these things on, mm-hmm. like, take these cases to the end of the level and you can't shoot when or can't attack or anything when you've got these cases like you know search for this thing run run away from this thing but there's a lot of there's a lot of different points of um sort of different forms of tension that are like forced upon you it's not just here's a horde here's a horde here's a horde here's a horde like that's always in the background and that can always happen but that's just like this sort of over this lurking shadow that's an extra point of tension above these other like diverse things that are already creating tension for the group. Yeah. And I think the flavor helps with that because it's fair to say that in some of those instances, you know, you can boil that down to press this button and then wait or survive for X amount of time and then escape. But that I think is kind of reductive. Well, of course it's reductive in by its nature, but that is, I think it's unfair really because the flavor that's layered on top of some of that stuff. So the bar fight as it is, is one of my favorite bits so far. Uh, you go into a bar and narratively you have to set the jukebox off in order to create a diversion for something else to happen elsewhere. And the ridden come in and they break the jukebox because they're, you know, as we, as we all know from <laughs> films and, and games, zombies are attracted to loud noises. And so they break the thing. You have to repair it to keep it going, etc. 
mechanically, that's similar to another point in time where you press a button and something happens and you just have to survive for a certain amount of time. And if it breaks down, you have to fix it. But the flavor that's layered upon that is very like I got real like Shaun of the Dead vibes. Um, There's licensed music that plays and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody that hasn't played that bit yet. But there's a, a couple of different, a few different tracks. I don't know how many exactly, but I've heard two different tracks, both of which perfectly fit the situation. And it just like it made me smile when it was just, and it's also absolute carnage. There's multiple entry yeah. points and exit points in that bar. And it's re- like, you have to be on it, but it just, it felt great. Like it was just, it was just a fun thing to, to yeah. do. And, um, and I think even though you're right and that the core, the foundation of turn this on and uh, survive this outbreak, this, this onslaught of zombies is the same as, I assume you're talking about the diner bit with the generator at the, at the yeah. top of the hill. Yeah. Um, but those two bits sort of emotionally, like the feeling of those two bits, even though they're, mm-hmm. they're mechanically similar, are completely different because the environments within it and uh, uh, create different funnels and different, um, like the zombies gang up on you in the diner because it's so yeah. claustrophobic and so everything's so tight and there's things to like get caught up on. And, yeah. start, and normally you do when you say, oh, I got caught up on a scenery, it's like, oh, well, that's that's really bad. But I don't mean that. I just mean that there's more, there's more, there's more narrow areas and there's tables and stuff yeah. everywhere. So you yeah. can easily get like blindsided by zombies that are, you know, coming around the corridor or coming across the table or whatever that you didn't see. But that doesn't happen at the diner because it's more, it's an open space. So it's yeah. a very, yeah. so that's about how well can you put your defenses out on this open space and stop the zombies or slow them down and give you enough time to kill them before they hurt you whereas a diner is it's it's this really tightly confined space the, can the bar, you yeah the bar, yeah, sorry it's the just bar. this like yeah this yeah. madcap yeah five minutes of just of carnage and yeah. and 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 it's also very well lit it's not like it kind of i guess it's the ju- the juxtaposition somewhat you know you've been creeping around the streets or the library for example is another good there's just a lot of these i think very uh emotionally investing or or emotive situations and set pieces where it's like that's cool and i enjoyed that and that mm. was yeah and the the library you brought up the windows before the horde comes and you know or you actually i think you escape soon after you've done that you have to board up the windows whilst the horde is coming um yeah yeah so it's there's enough to there's enough to keep me invested and to like give little moments of of engagement and of like just enjoyment i suppose it's not just moving from one place to another and yeah getting through the level i've started in this safe house i end in this safe house i've done you know this route through a through a dark city um there are these kind of flashpoints of it just being kind of just out and out fun um yeah like i can see it's definitely going to be a game that i play for a long time i, I don't know if i'm going to be playing it like daily like after say a month from now but um and i would really only want to play with friends as much as possible Mm -hmm. maybe one random or two random like you said but certainly at least one other person um but it's just it's just got all the hallmarks of just one of those just like just a game that's in like your constant rotation of games and Mm. like your gaming Mm. group would just like play right you know on any random day like what are we going to play oh i don't know back for blood like it's always going to be an option yeah, let's start with a bit of Black for Blood and then we'll, you know, we'll move on to something else. And I th- yeah, that that and this will be obvious to a lot of people that play games um with others regularly. But that notion of playing with ev- even just one other person and you know, depending on how lots of people don't like to 
to talk online. They don't like to kind of having this experience of there's going to be a random element, as in literally just a random player in my party. It's set up such that you can have the party chat within the game be open to everybody, or you can make it just private to your uh, your friends group, or you can make it invite only or whatever. So in terms of the um, like who you're speaking to, who you're communicating to, with uh you can kind of set the levels on that if you want to so if that's a concern a particular concern of yours you can you have control over that but that notion of having two people in a party at least um and it made me so when we played recently it made me more invested it wasn't like oh i saw a melee weapon or a baseball bat whatever and was like well i'm not using that so that's I, i'm gonna give it no further further thought it was then i was then highlighting that to you and saying oh there's you know there's a melee weapon here and it just it gives you i think we talked a bit, a bit about this with like diablo 2 and you were talking about how you're running two different characters and mm. you collect stuff across one and it, it means you're thinking about something else and someone else whilst you're doing your own thing um and that is that has its own little for me that has its own little kind of reward attached to it it's like yeah i'm not just you know i'm not just here for myself i'm also well, here, which yeah. obviously you don't do with bots you know that, that doesn't happen goes about saying it doesn't happen with bots or even random people sometimes yeah it does make you it does make everything feel bigger because like yeah even just a simple act of pinging that baseball mm. bat or saying that there's a baseball bat here that it makes it seem like it's bigger than you like it's not just you here yeah. there's a grander yeah. there's a grander picture here that i am one piece of Mm-hmm. Um, rather than and, it revolving around me yeah. yeah and and it's the strength of the picture that's important it's not the strength of just me alone mm-hmm. um so yeah no no yeah definitely um agree yeah i mean i definitely prefer playing it with actual people and certainly people you know i think what also when you get to the harder difficulties like if you're playing with mm-hmm. randoms who are not talking yeah. i mean good luck yeah yeah well i i can see you know we'll see we i think we'll probably we'll perhaps aim to wrap up now but i can see us doing another episode further down the track of kind of similar to the experience with hades of like here it is after this much time and then after this much time is oh now i know so much more i've learned so much more these are the things that have stuck with me these are the things that have kind of fallen away or you know and i so i can see us potentially revisiting this because i think like you it's a game that i'm going to play for a long time so um Yeah. yeah i think it's safe to say so far of the three or four days that we've played, we're both enjoying Back for Blood Thumbs very up. much. Thumbs up um, so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it is time to wrap up. There is just one more thing which is unrelated to Back for Blood. So our our latest book, which has been pre- on pre-order for uh, quite a while, has now been fully released and is available to buy now. People have their own copies. And that's 20 Double Fine Years, which is our big book of everything um double fine their entire 20 year history celebrated and uh you know explored and discussed um throughout throughout uh 20 double fine years so that's available now from doublefinebook.com if you are interested in the world's best video game books <laughs> i'm sure every single review and i would just say. highlight as well that the legend edition which is our collector's edition of this particular book is only available in this first edition print run and they it is the most popular one by by a ratio of about at least two to one mm. towards three to one so if you are somebody who likes to collect things and have them kept for 
posterity or even just to eBay, potentially. Um, we'd rather you read it, but, you know, it's up to you. Please read it first before eBay. Read it first. But Let us know what you think. Probably try to keep the pages nice and neat because your <laughs> eBay value will go down. It's all right. No, I'd do this. Buy two. Buy two or copies. Buy two. Unwrap one, read that, keep the other one pristine. Yeah, anyway, but that's a first edition print run only edition. So if you are interested, go and have a look at doublefinebook.com and consider picking up your copy and joining the conversation. Yeah, and buy two copies of the Legend Edition. Um, and then buy <laughs> a third for six. eBay. Yeah, buy <laughs> six. Uh, actually, don't buy six, because... Well, no, buy six, what am I talking about? Um, <laughs> okay, so yes, that's it. We will be back again next week. Thank you for listening. Uh, Gaming the Podcast is released every Tuesday, so make sure you subscribe to never miss an episode. Otherwise, we'll see you again next time. 